Blog Talk Radio. special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network, and we have an amazing show today. We are so happy to have Scott Crawford with us um, with his new book, Spoke, and uh, also about um, his new film, or doc, I think it's going to be a documentary on Boy Howdy, the story of Cream Magazine, and I'm going to let him tell us a little bit about that, and I'm here with my co-host, Spencer Drake, also out of New York. And uh, I am going to bring everyone into the um, studio really quickly right now. And again, if you'd like to listen to this show, it will be available on iTunes afterwards. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036. And again, if you'd like to listen, there's a chat room that's also open, but you do need to create an account. So um, let me bring everyone in on this lovely Wednesday. This is very, very off for me because we usually do shows on Fridays. So it's the middle of the week. So here we are. Spencer and Scott, welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Hi, Hal. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So we're still here. And Scott sent me this amazing book, Spoke. And um, Spencer knows a lot about the um, new documentary. I believe that's what it is, a documentary. Yes, his documentary debut. So they've played around the world. And then you also... uh, have this latest documentary, which is uh, called Boy Howdy, Destroy Cream Magazine. And uh, for those that don't know what Cream Magazine is, get with it. And so <laughs> <laughs> so with that, why don't we go ahead first and start, why don't you introduce yourself and then um, tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you're doing, and then we can go into uh, introducing Spencer and then how you and Spencer met and all the different Influences and everything on everything going on with everything. So, 
Go for it. Sure. <laughs> um, so my name's Scott Crawford. I'm a filmmaker and um, writer. And uh, my mm-hmm. first film was um, Salad Days, uh, which was a documentary film about the um, D.C. punk scene, Washington, D.C. punk scene in the 1980s. Um, and which sort of covered the entire decade, uh, which sort of started off, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s with the Bad Brains and kind of ended um, with uh, Fugazi in the um, early 90s, late 80s. So, um, yeah, so I covered a lot of territory in 100 minutes. But um, so we were lucky enough to get, um, you know, played all over the world and had an amazing reception um, in this country as well as, I don't know, 20 different countries, um, sort of just... It ended up selling out you know, countless countries, and um, it was it was great. It was it was a lot of fun, and I, I went around the world and screened it. Um, so that wrapped up, and then um, you know uh, I started where I I had been working on this book kind of all along as I was doing the film, and um, you know because it's just there's so many great photos and so many iconic sort of flyers and things like that that just didn't make it into the film. And um, I needed a place that I just felt like they were really, you know, valuable and they helped tell the story. So, um, but the but the book really took shape after the film was done. And, and what I basically did is divide the book into chapters. Each band, I chose about 20 bands from that, from that decade. And um, each band represents a chapter. And sort of, it just sort of tells the story of the band in the band's, band members' own words, as well as other people that were there at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's all, it's told, uh, all anecdotally sort of like, you know, please kill me or something. Um, if you're familiar with that book and except it's a coffee table version of that. So they're, you know, large, you know, uh, photos that sort of help tell the story. So that just came out last week. Um, and in the meantime, I've been working on my next film, which is a documentary film about the, um, the heyday of Cree magazine. Um, in the 1970s, and Cream was, if you're not familiar, was sort of the, really the the uh, ultimate sort of uh, rock and roll magazine. And uh, any writer, any great writer that you might be familiar with, chances are they probably wrote for Cream at some point. Um, you know, whether it's Lester Bangs or Chris, G- you know, Robert Criscow or you know um, Dave Marsh. Uh, the list goes on; it's endless. Um, so many great writers, and it was really a magazine that really without equals. I mean, it was a magazine that was based in Detroit, not New York or LA and um, really championed a lot of the stuff that was happening sort of in the underground as well as, you know, the mainstream stuff, but it did it in a way that no one else was doing at the time. So, uh, so that's kind of, we did a Kickstarter campaign over the, over the summer. We were um, successful with that. And so uh, it's just been nonstop ever since then. I've just been, you know, um, I don't know. I think we've done about 30 interviews so far. Um, mm-hmm. So we still have yeah, plenty. Still have plenty. Yeah, still right. have a lot to do, um, including Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, still have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah, Spencer's going to be interviewed. That's awesome because for people that don't know what Spencer does, I'm going to let Spencer tell everyone. But, yeah, that's awesome, Scott. How cool. So, yeah, that's 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 what's happening in a nutshell. I, I right. think you got a lot of. I wanted to mention some of the names you got interviewed in the movie. You got like Chris Stein and I think Alice Cooper, right? You have Alice Cooper and Thorsten Moore and uh, 
Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alice Cooper, Wayne Kramer, Thurston Moore, Chris Stein, John Barbados, uh, who else? Uh, God. That's um, right, John Barbados. Awesome. Yeah, um, I just um, confirmed Handsome Dick Manitoba, Lenny Kay, um, uh, you know, Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. I mean, oh, um, great, yeah. Iggy Pop. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it's a great list of, of folks and, uh, uh, they've all got a lot of. They've all got their own experience. Oh, Chad Smith and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, oh, really? Um, and the, yeah, they're all big fans of the magazine. So they, you know, they all. I think it's. They have a soft spot for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. No, I wanted to ask real quick, um, Spencer, um, real quick because I know he's going to be interviewing you and Judith. Um, I want to ask you, Scott. So once this is finalized and the documentary is finalized. Um, where are you? How is it going to be released? What um, can we see it in the theaters, or is it going to be on HBO, or is it going to go? How, where is it going to go? Well, we're uh, working with a number of different scenarios right now. I, I can't um, confirm anything, but I do know that it'll definitely be a theatrical release. Um, Fantastic! Uh, how widespread yeah. that is, you know, remains to be seen. But um, it'll certainly be we'll probably mm-hmm. um, premiere it at uh, a film festival. You know, like. South by Southwest or Tribeca or something like, you know, along those lines or Slam Dance or something. Um, and then we'll probably do a few festivals and then it'll go theatrical and then it'll go um, DVD and on demand. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Cool. Well, um, you, you know, Scott, I wanted, I wanted to mention something uh, before we got into it. Well, you had a band, right? You had Darkness at mm-hmm. Noon. What was that all about? <laughs> I did, yes, yes. We were short-lived, but as a lot of bands back then were. But yeah, I did. I so I played in a band as well, and I uh, played. Um, we played with all the big DC punk bands at the time, and um, including Fugazi. And played with Firehose and some other bands, but um, never really went anywhere. And then I went on to play guitar in a band um, called Clutch. It's since gone on to much mm-hmm. bigger, better things without me, and um, and that's kind of the end of my musical career, although I did write some music for Saladay as well, but that's, um, yeah, so. Oh, wow. Well, what, tell, what us kind of, what Fugazi, he, Fug- tell us about Fugazi. Tell us about Fugazi. They sold over yeah. a million records, right? And Dave Grohl went crazy over them. Tell us about that group. Yeah. Well, Fugazi was um, really, the, in a way, the sort of the, and it's, I tried to show this in the film, was really the culmination of, um, you know, a decade's worth of, um, sort of hard work in the DC punk scene, really, because DC was like the original, okay, I mean, New York and LA, people were always talking about New York and LA, so it was the original, like, Seattle. Remember how in the early 90s, everyone was, like, focused on Seattle? Yeah. Well, DC was, like, Seattle before Seattle, so, in the 80s. Um, so, um, but it was really, by the end of the decade, you know, Fugazi um, included uh, Ian McKay, who was the singer in uh, Minor Threat, and another band called Embrace, and they um, had broken up earlier in the decade. So by the end of the decade, you know, both of those bands that he had been in had gained in popularity long after they had broken up. And so there was this new focus, I think, by the end of the decade again on on D.C., and Bugazi just sort of rode that wave. I mean, that's not to diminish how great they were, because they were. They were an incredible band and uh, known really for their live shows, and, you know, they would play two-hour sets and, uh, you know, they were very, very tight, very outspoken, um, you know, 
social activists as well, um, known for their $5 shows. They refuse to play anything above $5. Oh, wow. Be all ages. I didn't know yeah, that. Always, wow. Yeah, always all ages, always $5. Um, yeah, uh, they refu- Rolling. I can remember Rolling Stone, um, Esquire, a number of magazines wanted to interview them, and they turned them down. They just wanted. They refused to to be interviewed in large glossy magazines. They'd only be interviewed in fanzines. This is like the mm-hmm. peak of their, you know. So, just to give you a sense of kind of what their aesthetic was like, but um, but yeah. So they, you know, and they went on to sell, you know, over a million records, and they did it all on their own terms. I mean, they weren't on a major label. It was their own label. So. And oh wow, the, uh, the that's group, interesting. The group called the Faith, uh, Thurston Moore. This was interesting. You have a quote in the book. Thurston Moore called the Faith the most core of the hardcore. What do you? What is? What do you explain that? Uh, that's a great quote. Of his. He loved that band. Um, I don't know exactly what he meant by that. I think what he meant probably was they were. They were pretty raw. I mean, they were like uh, you know. I, I guess you could say that about any of those bands back then, but. Um, you know, they, they had this, um, <clears throat> this aesthetic that was different than a lot of the other bands, um, at the time in that, um, they were kind of this weird, mysterious band. It's so funny. I've talked to other people about it since, um, yeah. you know, people that were around back then and they said, yeah, like, I mean, just their, um, just their graphics and their sort of their image and they didn't last that long. They only lasted like two years. Um, the singer in that band was the brother was Ian McKay's brother, is Ian McKay's brother, and um, his younger brother. And they were incredible live. I mean, I never saw them. I was too young, but um, I missed their last show by a few months. But um, Thurston was a big fan, and um, you know, getting, getting Thurston talk about DC Punk Rock is pretty easy. He's a big fan yeah. of, a lot of it. Oh, wow. And the, and the, the so, other group, I, 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 of course, I was familiar with Minor Threat. They were in our 45 books, some sleeves, which I told you about. But um, this group, SOA, uh, uh, Henry Rollins. That, that is oh, SOA, they, yeah. Yeah, SOA. Yeah, well, were, tell us about that group. Yeah, that's um, that stood for State of Alert, and that was uh, Henry Rollins, you know, his first band before he went on to join uh, Black Flag. He, he left yeah. D.C. and moved to L- moved to L.A., uh, that's a pretty great story in itself, which um, I think he talks about in the book, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. they were um, they weren't very good, but <laughs> but um, but it, it it really was <laughs> it was the beginning of his career in terms of you know um, fronting a band. That's awesome. I think that's how yeah, that's, that's how Black Flag discovered him. I think. Yeah, yeah. I was really yeah. I, was, I followed like Minor Threat a lot. You know, mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. I really liked them. Minor Threat. Great band. I mean, probably my yeah. favorite of all. Probably of all the DC really? punk brands, probably my favorite. I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had a really quick question um, for you, Scott, not to get away from uh, the book. I wanted to know um, about the Boy Howdy, the story of Cream Magazine. If we could talk about that a little, too. Um, who all is going to be so far? You, you mentioned a few people. How far out are we looking at this being released, and um, what made you decide to do the uh, documentary? Well, I still got a long way to go. So, I mean, we're looking at at the very least a year, I would imagine. Um, mm-hmm. This summer is where I'm going to wow. be spending. The, the summer will be spent editing the film, but it's going to take 
you know, a lot of tweaking and, you know, just, it's, I, with Salad Days, it took me four years. I don't plan on spending four years on this stuff, but, um, uh, well, you know, it's, I have a personal connection to, to Cream, which is they were, as a kid, um, you know, I was just one of those kids that, uh, once they, whatever it was, you know, I was just one of those kids and my, my kids are sort of the same way. When they discover something they're really into, um, it's just that they're, it's just all consuming. Right. So I was Mm -hmm. one of those kids. And so once I discovered punk rock, it, it became all consuming. It's all I did was read about it, excuse me, read about it and listen to it. And, um, one of the ways that I, you know, found out about it and, and kind of, looked at the, um, and just for context, I wanted to find out kind of who came before all this stuff I was listening to then at the time. And the best way to do that is to look at old issues of old magazines. And so, um, I discovered cream by, you know, that way through reading fanzines and hearing them talk about cream, hearing them talk about Lester Banks and what and Iggy pop and, and people like that. And, and, um, and then, so I went back and bought all these old issues of cream and read about that stuff, uh, as a kid and uh it really helped me helped kind of give me a sense of where all this music came from and uh it's a really you know it, it in that way it, it really um you know changed my life in a lot of ways and um and it was funny during the course of Saturdays when I would interview folks um we all shared that in well not everyone but a lot of us shared that same common thread which is oh yeah i first read about punk rock and cream so um to me it just seemed yeah it just seemed like a logical kind of next subject to tackle um for me Mm -hmm. so um again just like with holidays there's a personal connection there for me so i i mean um, i had uh in in my life i had i'd worked with uh, esp disc which scott knows about holly um and esp was a big thing with lester and lester was a big thing and so lester was into a group called the Gots. I did their album cover for a, for an album called Gottsunheit, which is a really cool album cover. But anyway, Lester wrote this big article on the Gots, and he would call me up at ESP Disc periodically. He would say, hey, Spence, what's going on at ESP? You know, <laughs> And that's how I got in touch with a with, uh, uh, relationship with Lester uh, periodically. And... Um, uh, the magazine to me uh, in my life was so big because the writing was different. Uh, you have to read the mag- magazine to know the way they came off. It was very different. Exactly. It wasn't like Rolling Stone, yeah. uh, right? No. Right, Scott. And it was like, and they yeah. had their own. It had a personality, and it always drew me because of that uh, uh, that personality of the magazine. Whereas Circus was different. You know, these other yeah. magazines were totally different but uh and um actually lester got me into reading the magazine so we really uh, getting more attentive about it you know at that time which was the 70s for me and um it became part of my life and i actually have a collection of some of these magazines and uh, it's a big uh it, it was very uh i'm glad you're doing the movie because uh kids should know about it this generation should definitely know about it and uh, if you don't do this movie, they will not know about it, right? So it's a very important exactly. thing in the music. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's totally, true. I mean, they were... You know, it's, but this is, like, legendary because everybody is now going to know who Boy, you know, Boy Howie is. I mean, it's going to be so cool. You know, who doesn't know that? I mean, when I saw it, I was just like, wow, that's just, like, so iconic, you know, the, the logo <laughs> right. and everything. It is. 
I told Spencer, Spencer, do you have a t- do you have one of those T-shirts? And he says, I think I do. I think I have one. I know BB Buell does because BB um, wears it a lot in a lot of her photos. And I said, I got to get a T-shirt. We'll be interviewing. Yeah, we'll be interviewing BB as well. Oh, oh that's going to be great. And I know one would, of the uh, Kickstarter campaign. Let me ask Scott about um, it. Holly, things. let me ask him about his early. Uh, he had two things in oh, his early ahead. life. Yeah. He, he, we have to go over. There was a yeah. mag. There was a thing called Metrozine, which was mm-hmm. a uh, fanzine uh, dedicated to hardcore punk. What was that about, Scott? Well, it started. That was. Um, I started doing that when I was twelve. So I, it was a stapled Xerox zine. I'm trying to think of what I can compare it to. I mean, it was you know the typical cut and paste kind of thing that you know a lot of people were doing back then. Um, but I started off as. Um, like a local thing, so it, it, I focused on the local stuff that I was watching. I was, you know, going out and seeing. But then I kind of um, broadened that a bit and ended up interviewing people. Like, um, I mean, I go back now and I'm like, wow, you know, some of these people have gone on. Like, I, you know, interviewed Jello Bay Afra, Who's Purdue, and um, wow. um, you know, Henry Rollins. You know, and um, uh, a lot of them were pretty dismissive because I was such a little kid, and I probably would have been too. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I did that for a couple of years, and um, you know, so I've just been writing about this stuff, or you know, documenting it in some way since I was a kid, really. Wow. So that That's had a long amazing. life, right? I mean, it had a number of years, right? Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, that was uh, and it, mid eighties. And what was Harp Magazine about? Well, that I actually did. Um, I launched that in two thousand one, and. Um, that, that was actually, one. yeah, that one was, I mean, I was, I made a living out of that for eight years. So that was kind of, oh, great. You know, yeah, I, I, um, I started that out of my basement and then another magazine about a year later came and bought the magazine or, you know, majority ownership of the magazine. And so I worked out of their offices and, and, uh, worked as the editor and the art director for that for about seven years. And, um, yeah, I was really, I'm really proud of a lot of that stuff. Um, to, I, I want to tell you, your book signing at, at the, uh, the Word out in Brooklyn, Holly, was amazing. You had a panel of musicians, right, Scott? You had a mm-hmm. it was a really cool event. You had that book signing you had, which is a great bookstore, by the way. If anybody wants to go to a great bookstore, it's Word out in uh, out in Brooklyn by Greenpoint. And um, some of those musicians had interesting stories, Scott, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I looked up. It's funny, you know. I looked up to both of those guys when I was a kid. I mean, I went and saw their bands constantly. Wow. You know, so it's it's yeah. it's kind yeah. of fun to to sit next to them and talk about it. It's just, um, you know, it's it's fascinating to me still. Um, but uh, the one guy, Mike Hampton, um, was in that band, The Faith, that you mentioned earlier. He was the guitar yeah, player. Yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, it's it, you know, I think every generation. I think it, it's one of those things. that's just. Um, you know, it's like the Sex Pistols, right? Like every generation just rediscovers this, <laughs> yeah. you know, right? So it's the same with, true. you know, with, with punk rock in the 80s. I mean, you listen to the radio now and so much of what I was listening to then, you know, is now a staple on radio, you know, mainstream radio. Uh, I mean, you, you hear it in the chord progressions, you hear it in the, you know, and, you know, obviously bands like Green Day and stuff obviously made a, you know, very um, good life for themselves out of it. So, um, but to me, I'm always interested in the context. I'm always interested in hearing where all that came from. So I think right, that's why there's right. still an you know there's still an interest in that stuff. 
um, now. It's, you know, um, because people want to know where all this came from, you know. So it's almost like folklore or something. I mean, like, punk, uh, it's very interesting because, like, uh, uh, punk is still alive. I mean, Barry Electric in New York and, um, you know, Berlin, uh, Jesse Malin has a lot to do with that. Uh, bringing back uh, the punk groups, like, uh, we had on, uh, Holly and I had a, on a group, uh, one of those groups on our show, you know. And, and it's really it's really interesting about that, you know. I mean, it's still going on. And, and people, some people don't realize it. They think, well, punk is dead. It's not dead. There are a lot of groups playing with that energy, especially in New York, you know? Absolutely. You just have to seek it out. It's there. It's always been there. You know, whoever said punk yeah. is dead was a moron. I mean, it was never dead. Um, so yeah, exactly. it's just, it, you know, it just, um, it takes on a new life and it kind of, you know, um, like I said, every generation rediscovers it and gives it a new, breathes new life into it, you know, so. Well, I, I think your book also comes out at a good time because uh, uh, we're going to retro here of a lot of uh, areas of music, and punk is definitely in that area. You know, the Ramones, obviously, the iconic show out in L.A., which I'm honored to be in, but, you know, they're already becoming this iconic group, and your book comes out at a good time, and it's a, it's a great slot. What interested me was you had this slot which nobody would write about. I mean, here you are. You're supposed to do it. You know what I mean? You can feel that energy. You're supposed to do this. All about the Washington scene. And I didn't realize, to be honest with you, so many groups that came out of there. That's what really impressed me, you know? Yeah, that's the other thing. I think a lot of people, you know, don't – just didn't know. I mean, the Bad Brains, you know, for example, I mean, they were just uh, almost uh, voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah. But uh, they, uh, you know, they started in D.C. They moved to New York, but they started in D.C., um, and they were really, they were really the band that got the scene. They were, you know, they were really the band that, you know, inspired Minor Threat and inspired Faith and inspired all these early bands and um, kind of raised the bar very early on. So, um, so yeah. Uh, again, I and I think to me it's it's um, it was a story worth telling because I, I can't speak for other cities. I didn't grow up anywhere else but DC, but. To me, I was interested in how the backdrop of politics and kind of social activism, you know, we're ground zero for that. I was kind of curious how that played into the music and the scene. And and so that was interesting for me to kind of explore, too. So it wasn't just like a – I didn't want to just do like a a straight-up like A to Z, here's here's the music. Like there's a lot more going on than just music at that point, you know. So that's what I wanted to – That's amazing. Yeah. No, I think that I think that's really important because you cover a lot of areas with a lot of different people, and people just like the younger generation are going to learn more. Like our shows with Guns Off and Ramones, there just seems to be a common thread there where a lot of people just really learn more. So this is going to be something I think that's going to be carried on over into other generations. Do you agree with me on that one, Spencer? Yeah, I definitely agree, Holly. It's a good point. You know? Yeah, but, it is. It absolutely. definitely is. Yeah. I think it's it's something that uh, I think is going to be very. It's going to attract a lot of different people. That you probably it's going to open up the audience. I think a lot more to the different things that you are doing. Right. So that right. that's important. That's super yeah, important. Yeah, and again, and with the cream doc, you know, so here I am taking another decade and kind of looking at it. But obviously, this is about a magazine. It's not about a specific scene, but there are certain parallels, you know, there are certain similarities between the stories. Um, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of another underdog story in a way. I mean, D.C. was yeah. like, you know, it wasn't New York, it wasn't L.A., so we had to kind of create our own thing and really put ourselves on the map. And uh, Cream was Detroit, you know, it, and, and they were obviously lucky to be a part of the Detroit music scene, which was so good and so, like, um, you know, just electric at that point. And uh, so they were lucky to have that. But, but and, they, and they certainly covered Cream locally. You know, I'm sorry. They certainly covered the music scene in Detroit very well, but they also obviously were a national magazine. So, um, so again, another underdog story. It's like these guys had no prior, you know, publishing experience, just decided to launch a magazine because they felt like no mm-hmm. one was really doing it the way they wanted to do it and uh, went on to become the number two music magazine in America next to Rolling wow. Stone. So, yeah. um, you know, real success story, too. That's important. I think to get that out, yeah. then, that's, that's important. Spencer, I wanted to ask you really quick. Um, why don't you tell our listeners how you know Scott and the work that you've done and how it kind of segues in. Since you're going to be interviewed for this, people probably wonder, why are they going to be interviewing you? Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Well, it's part of. I think I told part of it was with Lester Banks' communication with me in my life. But it being in music, you were always thrown on the table with these magazines or trade magazines like Billboard and Cashbox mm-hmm. and like uh, you know, like I mentioned, Circus Magazine and others. Uh, Crawdaddy had a short period, you know, and, and and Rolling Stone obviously. But when Cream came in the office, you wanted to look at the magazine. I don't know. It's something. It's what I was mentioning oh, yeah. before in the show. It's about the writing, how, you know, it's about the way they wrote, uh, the free, you can feel a freedom. Rolling yeah. Stone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you had Ben Fong Torres, a great writer. You had all these great writers, but it was different. It was more, for me, it was like a conservative rock and roll exactly. mag. Right, right. Well, it, uh, yeah, and, it was and, almost like, like academic to read, as opposed to Korean, which was loose and kind of yes. raw and kind of dangerous in a way. And, um, you know, that's the only way I can really describe it. You have to read it to, to kind of fully understand it, but hopefully by the end of the film people will get it. But, but yeah, there yeah. was um, a certain poetry. I hate to use that word, but there was sort of a certain poetry in the way that they wrote about the stuff. And, and, really and, and the other thing is, uh, going going back where, where I was a very indie guy, so my head was into that magazine because of my personality, and I always was an indie guy. I mean, I worked as a freelancer. I was outside the big commercial industry i that was my life i worked for labels like sire i don't have to tell you with ramones and talking i work with labels in the indie and like esp this is holly had uh we had on and but that that was the big thing my head related to that magazine or what you just mentioned because of the uh it was like a rebel thing kind of like you know what i mean they were exactly. loose Right, and yep. so that yep. that was part of me. So therefore, that hooked me up automatically with that magazine. You know. Mhm. Absolutely. They were, yeah. There was an anti-establishment kind of feel to them, whereas if you were looking at Rolling Stone at the time, you were comparing them side by side. I mean, you know, there's just yeah. uh, you would see the the the, the, the differences are are, are noticeable. Um, it's just in the photography, the writing. Um, you know, they almost had this kind of bite the hand that feeds kind of thing, you know, where, like, they weren't afraid to trash, you know. I mean, you um, know what they were on a level with? Wait a minute. This is very interesting. you got to think about it. They were very close to punk. 
Punk magazine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I, and I interviewed people, uh, John. That's the other thing. And and I was very close with Holmstrom, and uh, we had yeah. Lex, Lex McNeil on the show before. But yeah. uh, that guy. was a magazine that, was, you know me, I mean, that was it in New York. That was that Punk was the yeah. big thing with me. So it was kind of like Punk and Cream went together in a very uh, – you, you could put them together almost like you're talking about. You could put them together in some way. The way yeah. they wrote, the way they were loose – uh, no holes yeah. barred, you know. Yeah. Lester writing. I mean, Lester Bangs' writers were right. I mean, to me, he was like out there. You know, it's like, you know, right. Whoever was writing. Um, um, I really liked Bill Holship a lot. The way he ran yeah. that thing, and um, and and uh, Jan Anasecki is her name. I always get a Jan Uhalski. Yeah. yeah, Jan, Jan is actually she's, ser- great she's actually serving as a producer on the film as well. So. Oh, well, you should. Oh, wow. so. Yeah, Jan. Actually, real, when I was doing harp, I'm, Jan. Jan was my senior editor when I was doing harp. Really? Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Okay. I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, we got you, Hal. Oh, okay. Okay, real quick, I want to say um, again, we have Scott Crawford and my co-host Spencer Drayton. Today, we're talking about um, Scott's new book, Spoke, and also about the documentary Boy Howdy and the story of Cream Magazine. Um, if you tune in late, the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe as a special edition. And uh, I just wanted to let everyone know if they'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036. The chat room is open, and I want to thank everyone that's in the chat room right now listening. And everyone listening live and looking at the numbers, we want to thank everyone for listening. So let's go back to the show, Scott. We're just so happy you're here with us today. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so, it's, uh, it's yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. How, how do so we get your I... book? Tell us how to get your book, yeah. by the way. What's the link to get your Spoke book? Well, uh, Spoke is available pretty much everywhere. I mean, really, wherever books are sold. So that's what the publisher tells mm-hmm. me. So um, it's, uh, you can get it through the Saladays website, which is saladaysdc.com. We have an online store. You can buy it there if you want. Or you can, you know, it's everywhere from Amazon to Barnes & Noble to Target. I mean, they're, it's all, they're all, um, you can buy them in any of those places. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, um, uh, are you doing any book signings with your book? I've done a number of them. I did, uh, Spencer was at the one I did in New York, and then I did one in um, Philly and one in, D- actually did two in D.C., and I think mm-hmm. we're doing some on the west on the west coast um, in a month or so. But oh, really? I don't I don't have any. Yeah, I'm still waiting on. You got to let me know. You got to let me know. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 really. Yeah, it'd be great because I'm in I'm in uh, I'm in North Cali right now today. Um, okay. <laughs> you never I, know where I'm going to be. Um, right. <laughs> I. Uh, a couple of days ago, yeah, I was we somewhere switching. else, and the day before that, I was somewhere else. So today, I'm in Sonoma. So, um, yeah, I'd gotcha. love to see you. That'd be fun. Yeah, I think we're supposed to. Think we're supposed to do one in Oakland. I'm told. So. Oh, nice. That's not far. So, okay, cool. Cool. That's not far, right? That'll be really so I will great. Keep you and um, yeah, if you, one in Venice, I'd love to meet LA you. Too. And when you're going to come out, let me know. Maybe we can hang out beforehand. And also, okay. I could get the word out there to some people. And uh, let them know that you're going to be doing the uh, book signing there. Stoke's not too far from here. So, Wonderful. Spencer, why don't you tell our listeners about um, 
Did you know this about Spencer has some news to share about something new that he's doing um, that he just got invited to do? Share, 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 Spencer. Well, what's going on here, uh, Judith and I got linked to uh, uh, last week to AIGA, which is a huge design, major design oh, yeah. institution. We, you know, yeah, AIGA has got, so now they want us to be a major player in what they call a music plus area, and it was just evolved. And one of the designers involved with that uh, designs for Wilco, you know, Wilco. And yeah, he's a course. great designer. So Judith and I are doing a number of things. We're going to and they want us to be like a major player. So one thing is I've always wanted to do a vinyl show, and that's going to happen finally, a show on vinyl. And awesome. that'll be LPs and 45 type thing, and we'll do it quality. Uh, Judith and I did a special CD packaging show in the 90s, which was awesome, that Smithsonian Magazine wrote about and was in the Cooper Hewitt Museum show at that time. So we're going to do a big thing like that, very quality show, quality gallery. Uh, AIG wants to do it, which is a big thing. And then they want to, we'll probably do some music competition design things, and it's endless. And they're doing a video of us in about a week or two, um, five-minute video on Judith and me, with our work uh, to get into, they're trying to play a thing with TV now. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's a big thing in our life. And now that we're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and getting credentials and all that sort of stuff, it's a very big, but it's going to be a big play in our life right now, you know, going on with that. And, That's uh, exciting, big man. Honor. Congratulations. You know, thanks a lot, Scott. Isn't that amazing? Really yeah. AIG. You'll be invited, yeah. Scott and Holly. Holly, you'll have to come over here in New York. You've got to come over here, Holly. <laughs> oh, you know what? And they're having a big sale right now on uh, on tickets right now. It's $49 each way to New York from here right now. Really? Oh, that's Jet so cool. Jet Blue. Wow. Jet Blue. Jet Great. Blue is running a sale through tonight. So I might book it and come out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. You know, i got to tell you some, uh, while I'm on, i got to tell you some big music news that a lot of people don't know is the Grand Ole Opry is going to be in New York, Scott. The Grand Ole Opry. I did not know did that. Did you know about that? I did not know that. Oh, this yeah, is it's going to be, be in, in a couple months. We're going to have them on the show. Yeah, they're going to be mm-hmm. on a, they, I've already got a thing with the PR there already. They, they came back to me. They're going to be on our radio show, Hollywood. But they don't, they're not sure when. It'll, it'll be in a couple of months. They're going to be in New York. And uh, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. That's a big music news thing, you know. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's going to be so exciting. Hold on. Let me see what how you much know. time we have left. Oh, yeah, no, we're good on time. I was just checking to make sure. Um, you know what I wanted to ask Scott really quick is um, if you could give out his website and also Scott is on um, your book and also the Boy Howdy um, Film is also on Facebook, and uh, why don't you get your website out so everybody can know? And also, you have a is it a GoFundMe page still for that? Do you still have that? At? Oh, for Boy Howdy. Mhm. Um, yeah, it's well. There is a website. Um, it's uh, creammagazinedoc.com, and cream is with two e's. And then, um, uh, and then we're gonna have a store up. A storefront up in a number of weeks where we're going to start selling, you know, official oh, wow. cream t-shirts. We got t-shirts, uh, Ooh, hoodies. I one. Yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, I gotta hoodies, get one. baseball hats, all kinds of stuff, guitar picks, all kinds of crazy ass stuff. So that I'm working on that right actually as we speak. Where, um, where is then, the store going to be, Scott? Where will it be located? It's just, oh no, it's just a storefront, you know, on the website. You know, it's just an online store. Oh, on the website. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
didn't mean to get you excited there, Spence. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, oh, yeah, that's we're that'd be doing so cool. Merch for the for the for the film and for for cream and um, and then we're working on a number of other partnerships. I can't really go into, but it's exciting. Um, wow. But uh, I'll certainly be be talking about that, and announcing those things soon. Um, and then the website for my other film is called Saladays. Uh, dc.com and yeah. uh you can you can purchase the film there as well as um t-shirts and um the book spoke is there as well as uh like i said on amazon um barnes and noble target you name it wherever they sell books they're carrying it oh wow okay what, so what got, hey scott that. what got you into film what got you into film yourself what was the thing yeah. that inspired you well um great question i guess uh you know i did the magazine and in 2008 the magazine went under um much to my shock uh i literally came into the office one day and they said yeah by the oh. way we're closing shop um oh and this God. was a magazine yeah this was a magazine that i launched myself out of my basement and um so that was a real blow and so i kind of like you know i started another one after that um which i since went on to sell um called blurt and but it um I just was kind of like, what is my next, you know, step here? Like, what is, what am I going to do um, career-wise? And uh, I did magazines for a while, did, worked on freelance for a while, on other people's magazines, and kind of, you know, and then just realized, like, yeah, this isn't really my thing. I need to do something else. And, um, and uh, you know, have a number of friends that are filmmakers and, and would watch, you know, kind of see their work and see how it was done and, always been interested in telling stories i mean that's obviously what i've been doing kind of as since i was a kid so it just felt like the next logical step to take is to go from doing editorial sort of print stuff and take it into the next right uh, motion another format did you go to, and, did you go to school for that at all did you go to school no. for film or anything no so this is something that you no, went, was a passion wow that's great yeah i went to I just went to rock and roll high school. That was where I went. But no, I rock my friend rock and roll high school. Yeah, love school. it. <laughs> my um oh my, my good God. friend, who I'd known since uh-huh. I was a kid, um was in who's a photographer and it was whose stuff is in the book. A lot of his photos are in the book. Um, he was also a you know uh, photographer for hire and uh, had worked on a number of different films, including that Wilco documentary and some other stuff. And so. Um, I just presented him with the idea. I just said, look, I want to do a documentary about the DC punk scene. Like, and him and I both were a part of that scene. So, um, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer. And so we just did it and um, kind of learned as we, as we went along, just like I did when I was a kid and learning how to do a, a magazine or when I was in my 20s and, or 30s and doing harp. It was like you're just learning. That's kind of how I do things. I just kind of learn on the yeah. job and stuff. It's just the way I learn. It's just the best way to do it for me. So that's just what works. And so you're bringing up a good topic because the photographer. I remember on the panel you were talking about that. The photographs. They're really great photographs, by the way. And that's what makes yeah, that he, book really incredible. Tell us about the photographer. Yeah, he uh, he didn't shoot all of them. I would say he probably shot, I don't know, forty fifty percent of what's in the book. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, his photography is just so to me so iconic and um you know he shot he's a really good documentary photographer and that's kind of what he does and um and he started when he was a you know he's about i don't know five or six years older than i am but um 
but I just, uh, I remember I reached out to him as a kid and just said like, Hey, I love your photos. And, you know, and it was just this, the start of this friendship, you know, we've been friends over 30 years. So, oh. um, uh, you know, so I've watched his kids grow up. He's watched mine grow up. I mean, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. And so we have that thing in common. And, um, so it was, it was a relatively easy transition from magazines into filmmaking, um, because of that, because of that relationship. And I think what's, what, what I'm going to point out here is uh, uh, Judith and I have done like 21 pop culture books, and they're all visually driven. So i got to tell you, it's not that easy. Uh, and the major part of, of a visual book is you've got to have whatever visuals it is, whether it's photography or whatever, they've all got to be good because you want to have a quality book. And the mm-hmm. thing about your book is the same uh, a relative thing is that you have really great photographs in that book, and that really adds, obviously, because a lot of that book is photography to the, to, yeah. to the quality of the book, and that's why, I, and I think these photographs are amazing, right? Holly, you, you know, you saw the book, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, the book itself is just really amazing because it's, it's like a documentary in a book, actually, to me. Yeah, it, it felt that's like, right. Yeah, yeah, no, really, seriously, yeah. yep, it, exactly. it, it, well, it is. It, it, like, really yeah. shows you because it's, like, it gives you moments like you had to be there kind of thing. Like, right. you had to be there moments and you explain it and you actually draw the people in and then there's images that go along with what you're talking about. And so it really is really a great book for people that really want to have a little bit of um, insight to what was going on and yeah. you really did that. And I and I could feel it, you know, as I was reading it and looking at it. And I want to thank you again so much for sending a copy of the book to me. Um, yeah, of course. It really gave me an insight to this. So I'm really looking forward to your story of Queen Magazine because of all the different people that you're going to be interviewing, which are a lot of personal friends of both Spencer and mine. And we... You know, we all know their stories, and it's going to just be so interesting for them to tell the stories and share it with people that don't know. And right. this will give everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, a better insight, you know, to how hard it really is in the music industry, and um, you know how hard it was, and where, and how people got to where they are today. And that's really going to be amazing that you're going to be able to tell that story to people. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so. You know, um, it's. Um, you know, it's a really, I think it's a really solid story, and you know, I'm doing it with um, the son of the late publisher, so um, he's acting right. as producer. So for him, you know, in a sense, it's a way for him to kind of mm. discover who his father really was, because he, you know, right, his father right. overdosed, you know, his father overdosed when he was four, so he he really never knew his father. Uh, so um, uh. you know, so this is a way too for him to. Uh, so there's that sort of sub, that's sort of the sub, you know. I don't know, text of the film as well. So, um, yeah, I think it works on a number of levels. And, um, you know, the stuff that that we've shot so far has just been, I mean, some of this stuff is just mind-blowing. I I didn't know a lot of this stuff. And uh, that's the thing, you know, you think you you kind of know, well, you don't think you know everything, but, you you know, you feel pretty confident going in that you know a lot about the subject. And then you realize through the course of dozens and dozens of interviews of just how little, you know, that you end up, really do knowing um, and it's through talking to people and, and getting their stories and their insights and, and their version of events. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to me. I, I love to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. unfold. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I think uh, I think also Spencer, as you had mentioned, um, you know Spencer and I have had so many people on the show that are going to be in the book, and um, also the work with um, ESP Discretives. We had Bernard Stolman on before, um, you know, and and there's just so much because we hear so many things, and then now you're going to actually really be able to see it. It's going to be really exciting for a lot of people, I believe. I hope so. Yeah, and I, and, I, and like I got to point up, I got to point up again. It's an important movie for the younger generations. That's my absolutely uh, a learning the learning experience of an important thing in the music genre that people should know about. That's about it. And he, and the same mm-hmm. thing for the book. You know, the the book goes with the movie with in different versions of two things that should the younger generation should know about. I think that's the most right. important thing, Holly, going on right now as we talk about on our show. Right? Yeah. We always talk about that the younger generation should know what's going on. I mean, I'll tell you a very big thing, Scott, uh, that I, sp- I think I spoke, we spoke on a show about this year, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, MC5 got a very low vote from the fan, from the fan base. And um, that, to me, is unreal because MC5, as you well know, Scott, it was a foundation for a lot of heavy groups, right? Oh, absolutely, They were yeah. historical and yet they are they got a small vote count. Now that gives you an idea where people are at or what they know about. It makes, right? It makes no sense to me. Yeah. That really every exactly. year I get don't get me started. I get pissed off every year on the rock and roll. Oh, thing. sure. But, yeah. but, uh, now I know. Just, you know, there's so many and you know, that's a whole other show. But um but yeah, no, you're right. And I I mean the N C five to me are the foundation of just about everything that I'm interested in. So both, you know, musically as well as, uh, you know, just in terms of their activism and, and their messaging and everything else. So I, they're, they're pretty much, you know, it all starts there for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the thing is very interesting is they weren't, like, publicized. You know what I mean? They're not, like, hyped up, like, as, as you know, other groups. So uh, in, in, in a sort of way. But if you know music and you're in that music scene, you'll know who MC5 was, especially as a foundation, an influential group of so many groups. But it, they were never publicized, you know, like other groups were, right? So that's another thing. But they, they're iconic, and I think, I, I don't know if they're going to get in even. I, I I don't want to seem negative about it. But yeah, I hope so. I mean, if really, you know some Justice in this world, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely agree. Uh, you know, amazing. we interviewed Rob Tyner's. Can't wait. Yeah, oh, really? I interviewed Rob Tyner's wife um, for the film oh, as really? well. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And um, got some some really interesting insights there, but and as well as Wayne Kramer. So, yeah, no, those guys are you know that's they're way up there for me. That's amazing. Um, oh, by the way, I got to tell today? you, Scott, I was oh, at I was I'm at sorry. Bowery Electric, and I saw this group group called L A M F. With oh, sure. uh, Clem Burke on drums, just, and, and Clem's going to be on our show, by the way, down the line with Ed Stassium. I got to tell you, that's going to be a show. But uh, Clem was playing, and you know Wayne Kramer was there, and um, yeah, with uh, Jesse, right? Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. got to tell you, I got to tell great. you, that show at Barry Lecture was unbelievable. It yeah, was I really electric. wanted to go to that. Oh yeah, I thought you would. Uh, I thought you were going to mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that, that was an amazing show. That was an amazing yeah. show. Yeah, I'm bummed I missed that. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I agree on that one. That's, that's great. 
Well, you know, um, I wanted to say thank you so much for being here today. Um, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Did you, oh, did you have it. anything more you wanted to talk about, Spencer, before we go into the I think we got, I think in, we got Scott's song? life in, right, Scott? We got your life in, didn't we? We got your life I think in. we did. Yeah. Good. And, yeah, you know, I want to, again, I want to again thank um, everyone that tuned in, everyone that's in the chat room, and uh, I did put a link to... Um, I want to say hello to Caldwell Madison Review. They're here with us today, and uh, I also wanted to say that I did put a re- I put a link in to your book on Amazon, so well, um, everyone you. can go there and take a look. And again, it's available in a lot of different places. And uh, we'll be ending the show right. today with a song that you chose called South Soul Side Baby." You want to tell everyone why you chose that song? Well, um, they're uh, good friends of mine, and uh, I always love that band. And, you know, it was just hard. It was hard to choose two songs. Um, I was trying to choose, go a little more obscure and not do the big big hits. So uh, that's just one of my favorites from sort of the end of the 80s, um, D.C. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, with that, it's Wednesday, and we're going to be back on this Friday. And this Friday, we're going to be having a, an amazing show, Spencer and I. So make sure yep. you tune in on Friday. And uh, we're going to have Brianna Kidwell, I believe, this Friday, correct? Yes, yes that's right. Yeah. Great Nashville yeah. singer, the so, great Nashville singer, on our way up. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. So, so, Scott, thank you so much for being here today. And, uh, Spencer, thank you for uh, co-hosting with me. And I'm going to go ahead and Love end the show with yeah, yeah, and everybody enjoy your Wednesday, and here you guys go. Have a great afternoon, Thank guys. you both. Hey, take care, Scott. So much. See ya. Okay, you I'll too. See you, bro. Bye, guys.